Welcome back to Habbly Babbly Ever After with your host, Win Seymour. Last week, I courageously entered the annual Utah cook-off. It was my first time ever at a cook-off contest, guys. I mean, after all, I figure I love food, so entering a cooking contest seemed like a natural fit. Between the funeral potato, the jello, the fry sauce, the Dutch oven fare, and the scone... All fine choice, by the way. I was having a hard time deciding which category I should enter. Apparently, funeral potato is barely proven dish to comfort grieving individuals after the loss of their loved one. Cheese! Potatoes! See? Just the sound of those words is soothing and comforting. Come on, guys. There is nothing that screams love and compassion more than these two ingredients putting together. It was hard. We lost Kingston to the war, but every bite of the cheese-filled potato bring comfort to my belly and my heart, and it make it a lot easier for me to let him go. We would treasure this memory and we would treasure the legacy that he left behind as we crammed out the cheese-filled potato goodness to my belly. What do you call this dish, sweetie? Um, you, you can call it your very own funeral potato? Thank you. Thank you. That is so kind of you. Kingston up there, he would have wanted us to enjoy the cheesy potato goddess. Yes. And fry sauce is a bit tricky to further innovate the feel of fry sauce cyan. I'm not sure how one can be more innovative with the existing recipe. It's really delicate, guys. You mix this two exquisite out of this world ingredient together, mayonnaise and ketchup, and you stir them very well, and you wait for it, wait for it, let the magic happen. Don't rush it. Do not rush the process. Fry sauce is probably the only thing you don't need a recipe with beside measurement because really just mix these two ingredients until you drop. It's the only one recipe that I can endorse the two taste instructions, which would drive me nuts whenever I see in a recipe. To taste, really, if I already know what it should taste like, I would not need to look up the recipe. Give me the actual measurement. Talk to me in my tablespoon language please hey so what the latest food craze in your town anything you recommend food craze is so yesterday we are now in the sock craze so what yes you gotta try our ultimate dipping sauce engineered by our noble prize winner it's called fry sauce You need to get your hands on the self-serving pumps early in the day because we are going through it fast. And then scone. Scone has its glamorous rep because, let's face it, it's often seen with tea, which apparently make everything fancy instantly. Say, I'm having a hot cup of water splinker with some herbal leaf with a friend of mine over lunch. And people think, oh, what a loser, because only losers drink 
hot water. Have you heard of ice? It's water that has been transformed to a new state. It comes with these things called the refrigerator. You should try it because it's delicious. But say, I'm having tea with a friend of mine over lunch, and people suddenly are all over you and want to be your friends. Where can me and my product join? Let's face it, if Scone wasn't hanging out with the elite T, it'd be nothing more than a giant stale cookies. Hey, so what's the difference between this stale cookie and this moist cookies? Honey, that is a scone. It's not a stale cookie. You let it swim around, swim around in your tea like this. And then, see, it's sucking it in and then you eat it. It's a really fine and delicate. Oh, but I don't have any tea. Well, then you could kill two birds with this scone. Oh, what a fine weapon choice. I can't imagine pioneer people eat a lot of jello willingly, but maybe they do. Maybe they love jello so much that in their wagon there was nothing but two years of supplies. As the pioneer crossed the hills, valleys, and the uncertainty of life, one thing was certain: one day they will be able to sit down and eat. Surrounded by family, friends, and freedom. Honey, just imagine a day in the futures where we can all worship the Lord in freedom. How liberating it would be! And yes, there will be jello. It represents the fine organs of the Lord. At the end, look at the fine options. I decide that I could make jello proud. Also, I figure that if I mess it up, it will be the cheapest ingredient to replenish. And also, I decided that I would honor my pioneer Rick heritage of banana leaf, coconuts, and rice patty, and incorporate that in my dish. My dish shall be an edible piece of art, and thy shall be named back to Jello time. As I prepared my dish at the cookout, a dude from the local press approached. He introduced himself and he asked me what I'm making. So apparently, it's not that obvious that I'm making Jello. Someone should really tell him the pioneer Jello story. As the pioneer crossed the hill valleys and uncertainty of life, he seemed to be fascinated by my fine work. Or probably he just need to take a lot of pictures to meet his boss quarter of the day. Either way, he start to take some pictures with me in it, and then he look at me and he went, "Can you pretend to do something? What? Pretend to do something? Like I just wave my hand and all of the sudden my back to jello edible piece of art just appear out of thin air." Thank you, Your Highness, for your suggestions. I will now resume to my pretend dish, doing the pretending things. Can you imagine this guy went home and told his wife, "Honey, can you pretend to cook?" 
of course, loving husband, can you pretend to change the kid, drive them to school, and take them to do their homework while I pretend to cook? So as I pretend to make my edible art as instructed, this guy was shooting pictures like crazy. So he was like, "Look at me!" He took my pictures left and right, and then he stopped and he said, "Check this out." Can you take off your hat so we can see your face? I guess it's reasonable because between my hat and my mask to protect myself from COVID, I do look like a blob. Which, if he think about it, and if he embrace that look, it would really sell his paper. But he didn't, and I can see that he want his reader to see that there's an actual human being preparing this dish and not going after the blob look. So I took off my hat. You know, to reveal my forehead and my eyes, these guys were delighted. He assured me, and I quote, "It's so good to see people's eyes." Yep, that was his exact word. Whatever rocked his boat, you know. Later, I learned that my picture didn't make it to the newspaper. I guess that my forehead and my eyes don't have that newspaper quality. The other thing is, most contestants at the cookout competitions were family with kiddos. The kid, I quickly learned, I just decoyed to get the "oh, the kid is so cute" point because they didn't do anything. Like the table next to me, the mother screamed to her little boy the whole time that she prepare her dish. Stay away from the table, stow over there, and please don't touch anything. Oh my goodness! And every time the boy get even remotely ten feet away from the table, she would scream at her loudest, "Don't touch anything!" So naturally, the boy can't get closer to the table. So she was he was playing the whole time while his mother doing all the work. But then suddenly, when she's done, she's went, "Where's?" You did it! Look how beautiful you did this. What? He didn't do anything. What did he do? This is outrageous. You gonna give your kid all the credit for doing absolutely nothing? This is how you gonna raise your kid? Wes did all the work himself. He crawled out of the womb on his own. I didn't do any of the pushing whatsoever. And then all these kids are dressed up and smile at the judge as they walk by. Oh, come on! I'm never gonna be able to compete with all this cuteness. The the anatomy of a cookout competition can be split into three parts. The first portion is the making of your food. Here you get to watch contestants prepare their dish in fancy, sophisticated, unnatural positions that the cameraman see fit. You'll see variety of weird, out of this world poses that makes you wonder: Should I try that pose when I make dinner tonight? Then the second positions is the reality TV shows of judge eat food. Here you get to watch judge try their best attempt to eat contestant food and look cute for the camera. So as I stare at the judge eating my Jello in a sophisticated manner, I could not help. But wonder, have I been eating Jello the wrong way my entire life? The last portions is what in the prize basket. This is where, this is what the contestant really came for. Here you watch 
winning contestant diving into the basket to see what inside and do the mental cost benefit analysis. They want to see if their benefit really outweigh the effort to make their dish, which often in the case, no. Why they have to still pretending to cheer for other contestant? It is really a humanity booster. Anyway, after what felt like eternity, the judge came to their conclusions and they decided all the winners for different categories. The best appearance award goes to Guy N. Man, some guy just won the best appearance award. And then I realized that it was me and the judge was struggling to say my name correctly. So as I strolled my way to the stage and ring home my prize, I could not help but feel gloating. Ha, cute kid, let this be a lesson to you all because hard work trump cuteness. And as I held on tightly to my prize basket, the judge went on. You can tell that she put a lot of thought in her dish. Yeah, betcha, I don't just rely on my look. I work hard kids so that I can bring home the best appearing award. 